Welcome to the Simply Jenna podcast. This is Breaking the Stigma, a special mini-series. Join us as we interview different people and talk about their journey to wellness. If you have thought about getting support but were afraid, or are afraid of what others might think, this series is for you. Stay tuned for some really good stories. Welcome to another episode of Simply Jenna Podcast. How are you doing, Nikki? Pretty good. Yeah. My God, it's been busy. Oh. In our podcast world, it's been busy. It's right? been busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For all the good reasons, all the best reasons. Yes. Having some fantastic conversations with all different kinds of folks. So it's been a really interesting journey. Yeah. And this episode, interestingly enough, is from somebody that is uh, far away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In another country, actually. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so we were fortunate enough to connect with Zach over um, a, a system that they have set up where you can meet with uh, fellow podcasters or podcast guests. And um, and so I had read Zach's book mm-hmm. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that it would be good for us to have a conversation with him. Yes. So Zach is uh, an ACE certified personal trainer as well as fitness nutrition specialist. And he's also a certified brain health trainer through the Functional Aging Institute. Um, And he holds an MA from American University in Washington, D.C. and has recently been accepted to a second grad school to become a licensed therapist. Yeah. So he's got his book is called The Depression Relief Playbook. It is phenomenal. You can pick up it on Amazon. Um, You can do a digital copy or a physical copy. And um, if you are somebody that is struggling with depression, it is the read to have. It's quick. It's a short book. I think it's only just over 50 pages long, Um, but it's packed full of great information. Um, Very practical. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's short and sweet, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so here's our conversation with Zach. Enjoy. So thank you, Zach, so much for joining us. Um, we're so excited to have a conversation with you in this episode. Um, so we'll kick off by getting you to tell us a little bit about yourself. So tell us your age, your hometown, your occupation, and maybe a fun fact if you have one. Yeah. Sure. My I'm 40 years old, mm-hmm. although some therapists I know say I barely look 39. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm from Trenton, New Jersey, which is like basically right in the center. Mm-hmm. Um, and fun fact was the, was the last one. Yep. Yeah. I can do this. So check this out. Hold on. See this now. I, now it doesn't look like much, <laughs> but now you guys do it. No way. No not, way. <laughs> not on camera. <laughs> we trust that's quite a skill that you have there. So I hope, I hope that this is like, a video recording, right? Yes. So, otherwise, it just sounds like heavy breathing if they're listening to the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a fun fact that you want to say? Yeah, it's just an audio recording. Um, I, I have a fun one. Okay. Um, okay, this is for the punk rockers out there, but I played CBGBs before they shut down. Okay. Which means that's- something to like punk rockers. That's like the that's like punk rock mecca. That's like where um. The Ramones, Television, Talking uh-huh. Heads, Blondie. That's where they all like came up. It's called CBGBs. If you Google it, it's like it's like the place, right? Wow. So you In played there I at played one point. There. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's about I it's a very it was a big deal for a lot of people to play there. And it's about yeah. the size of your kitchen. It's it's so small. <laughs> no way, really? <laughs> it's very tiny. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. What instrument do you play then? Are I you? mostly play bass and then oh. I play guitar too. Okay. Oh, good for you. Good for you. That's fantastic. That's a fun fact. Yes. Uh, along with the hand gestures. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People are just listening. Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. So if you're just yeah. listening, the therapists weren't brave enough to try it. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. We'll There's practice some later. To work on. Yeah. We'll practice later. Um, Get it knocked down. <laughs> we did skip one, one part, which is your occupation. Yeah. Um, it's all over the place right now. So let's right now, let's just say personal trainer. Okay. But you're also doing some schooling, right? Is that right? Yeah. In, in, in January. Um, Okay. 
yeah, that doesn't start till January. Okay. Um, however, uh, I'll give you another fun fact. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, man, we're just gonna have to delete this podcast. Yeah. So, um, I was, I, I was doing video production. Like I worked in TV for a long time and COVID basically ended that. Yeah. Um, oh. But now I'm, I'm shooting my first movie in uh, August. What? That's exciting. Yeah. That was my, that was when I went to grad school the first time I went for film. I, I wrote a, I wrote a movie, so I'm shooting it in August. Oh my God. You wrote a movie. Yeah. Yeah. You want to read it? <laughs> yes, we do. I would love to. Yeah. Right. I'll take it. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for that's you. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your history of um, like personal training and nutrition work, what you've done in that field? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this actually ties in well with the, the whole depression thing. So what was happening was, I was on this whole, like, um, um, when I was starting my upward spiral, I call it right. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, the arrow was pointed outwards, let's say. So I was concentrating on like, so I I failed out of college when I first started because maybe we may get into the backstory. I don't know, but because of some issues. So I went back to school and I was like, you know, maybe once I graduate college, I'll feel like a, you know, whole again. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm doing pretty well. I wasn't expecting this. Maybe if I graduate with honors, I'll feel great. Mm. And then I didn't feel great. And I was like, okay, well maybe if I become a personal trainer, cause nobody else has that. And I like working out mm-hmm. and then I didn't feel great. And it wasn't until I was actually working with clients and developing those relationships. And that's when things kind of, one of the points where things started to really shift because mm. it was like something that mattered and it was, and it was forcing me in a way to turn the arrow inward. Okay. Wow. Because it's not just this external thing that like a lot of times people assume personal training is like just telling people to to lift weights, but it's not really that way. It's more of a relationship. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I got into that. Yeah. To be honest, it was like, it was like a, like an ego thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. 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 And I could see the relationship of helping other people and how that fills your own bucket as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, especially as a, a mental health professional, like that's part of what we do is, you know, helping others helps, mm-hmm. helps us too. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you've published a book and it's called the depression relief playbook. And we wanted to know what sparked you to go down that path of, of pulling those pieces together and, and publishing that book. What, what sparked that journey for you? So it's funny because I didn't, plan on it. So when mm-hmm. I went to grad school the first time, people were having a tough time getting through some of the things we were doing. It was a high pressure situation. Mm-hmm. And people were reaching out to me just for advice because they knew my backstory. And okay. they're like, hey, so how do I, you know, make myself feel better? And what I would do is I would tell them and then they would f- immediately forget. So, I was, so then I have to compile things in a document and send it to them. And there were about three people who did this. Wow. Um, yeah. So years later COVID hits Mm -hmm. and it was almost the same situation. People were asking me for just kind of some advice. And, um, I started writing these emails and I started going back to these old emails and documents. I said, this is crazy. And I was joking around. I should just write a book. (laughs) Yeah. One thing led to another. And I was like, well, what, what would I want to read? Yeah. No, if, if I were in that situation again, what would I want to read? So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, so then maybe, do you want to share with us a little bit about your backstory? Yeah. That was part of what sparked people coming to you and and seeking your advice. So tell us a little bit about your story then. Sure. So I had a quote unquote normal childhood. Okay. So by that, I mean, it was relatively stable. We didn't Mm -hmm. move around a lot and there was, you know, nothing really of note. It was fine. I did, I did a karate from the ages of 10 to 18 and I got a black belt doing that and I had fun doing all kinds of stuff and you know, normal stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now that I have the insight, there were some chemical things going on, but at Mm -hmm. the time I just thought I was a moody punk rocker. When people would say like, what's wrong with you? I just thought I was being, you know, a teenager. Yeah. 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 um, The, the big turning point was when I was 18, my best friend was killed in a car accident. And So that was the summer after high school. And I kind of call it the perfect storm because Mm -hmm. not always, as you guys know, but it tends to be in the late teens, early twenties, 
all those mental um, quirks, let's mm-hmm. say, yeah. mm-hmm. can manifest. Yeah. So it was that combined with his death. And then um, all my friends moved away. And this is pre-social media. Yeah. Um, so they were all gone. And then my karate school closed the same month. So everything kind of dropped out from underneath me. And um, I tried going to college for um, a few months. I, I ended up just failing out. Uh, really had problems even just getting out of bed for a good while. And so the journey back was really like a brick by brick thing because there Mm -hmm. was no guidance. There was no anything. It was like, kind of like I figured it out for myself in a way. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy it worked out that way Mm -hmm. because it was very slow, but it was very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, yeah. and it made, you know, for this book that I can say, hey, you know, this took me 10 years to get here, but I can, if I can give you all this stuff I learned now, yeah, you know, so you can read this immediately, you know, we can make some real changes. So, that, so, mm-hmm. you know, so that's like my very brief backstory, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, and that's, you know, I guess where the story begins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your experience of depression was and like what your symptoms were, um, what you, uh, what it was like for you going through your depression? So there was a lot of, like I said, not being able to get out of bed, not being able to focus the, the black cloud See, the thing is, it changed at that time. And it's very odd, right? And unless you've been depressed, this isn't something that you can fully grasp, I don't think. But it almost like it had colors. So when it first started, it was black. And then I remember the spring after, it was like this white. And I remember years later, it was like this orange, which is very odd, right? Yeah. I remember one time I took, and I talk about this in the book, I took this salpimento in one of my you know attempts to see what works, right? Yeah. My experiments, I guess. And it felt like burning plastic. It felt like the smell of burning plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I remember being at a light and just like a uh, traffic light and just um, being like, okay, I'm never taking that again. <laughs> right? yeah. Um, yeah. And since then I've, I've read more about it. Um, and it, and it wasn't the best idea for somebody with deep depression. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and again, I bring that up in the book, but um, so it, I, I talk about it in the book as like flavors you know, yeah. I, I just called it, as, I just called it colors, but it, like it goes through different flavors. So it wasn't one thing. It, it's not like there was one thing I was trying to tackle throughout the years and years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, from your experience, being depressed is not just, like you said, one big black cloud that mm-hmm. follows you around is that you can have different experiences of depression. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. there are bouts of insomnia and there are bouts of sleeping really well. Yeah. <laughs> and there were, yeah. you know, um, not wanting to talk to people and then having codependency issues. And it was, it was a right. very messy, messy thing where it's really hard to put into a box, which I, which I, I think is tough to do with depression in general, not just for me, but I think it's, it, it's tough to give it one definition. Mm-hmm. what yeah. it wasn't and i'll tell you this i'm sorry to cut you off there's no, a small okay. delay because you're in canada and i'm here but um i <laughs> sorry you guys are making me laugh um <laughs> we do that <laughs> <laughs> so what, what i will say is it wasn't grief okay mm-hmm. because at the time i was labeling it as grief so mm-hmm. you know and i and i was putting this pressure on myself to get over it i remember Two weeks after he was killed, I had started my class in college and I had a panic attack in the class. And I thought that was just grief. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. That was anxiety and depression. And a lot of times people talk about those in, in the same sentence or the same breath because like they tend to travel the same pathways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't grief. And this is going to sound weird too, but... I did have bouts of grief, but mm-hmm. that felt cleaner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, and it, it which is weird to say, right. But I remember, yeah. you know, being, I was working, uh, I was working somewhere. I was at work and I was like, I just had this intense bout of grief and I was crying, but it was a very different feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's something that you have to go through. You can't circumvent that. You mm-hmm. have to go through grief. Yeah. Uh, the depression you don't have to go through. Yeah. 
And I think it's so important that we talk about what people's experiences are of, mm-hmm. of the symptoms of, you know, certain mental health issues. Um, because yes, we do have the diagnostic and statistics manual that tells us, you know, what depression is defined by or mm-hmm. what anxiety is defined by, and they have a criteria that you need to fulfill. But oftentimes it doesn't exactly fill that specific criteria. Mm-hmm. And people have these experiences yeah, that are like, no one experience is the same. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important that, you know, when we're using um, platforms like this for people to understand that it can look different for everybody and, you know, to try and talk about it in as many different ways as we can mm-hmm. so that people can say, oh, I think that's me. Yeah, I think I felt that. Yeah, yeah. I think I felt yeah. it. Right. Uh, and absolutely. Then, I, I, yeah. Just to, to echo that, I yeah. have a copy of the DSM because I'm studying for, yeah. for um, January yeah. and I was reading about that and, and I wanted to, <laughs> to write that and say, yes asterisk yeah <laughs> because there's so yeah. much more I, you could write i don't know how many books on it and you, you can't no it's like writing a book about a person yeah you can't get everything yeah about even just one person in, in a book you know so it's it's yeah. a it's a very big thing yeah right however yeah. that <laughs> being said right i don't think anyone is outside of um treatment or help right right because yeah, you can say well mine is totally different mine is, that's individual to me yes but uh there you can you can get help yeah mm-hmm. um n- no one is outside of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah there's always a way out and i think that's the tricky thing that we and um jenna and i have had this conversation sort of off recording and and in our own conversations about mental health in general but um that's sometimes a tricky thing about doing the diagnosis piece is that then we, we put a label on things and then people think that it has to be associated with that label, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever's going on for them has to fit under this little box yeah. like you were saying before. And if yeah. it doesn't fit in that, then it's not necessarily happening, which isn't yeah. true at no. all. And you've just validated that through your yeah. own experience. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's great that we can have, like Jenna said, this open conversation and, and, and talk about it and say it can look very different for, for every person. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So you shared in your book about your journey to finding the right therapist. Um, so, and you, and I think you kind of share it from the perspective of sharing your mistakes that you've made, uh, on, on your journey of trying to find somebody. So, um, what were you, what were you looking for in finding sort of the right therapist? I didn't know. Okay. So I, when I went, uh, I saw someone. And it didn't, you know, really sit well with me. Um, I mean, it was fine, but I didn't feel really anything. And I was like, okay, this isn't for me, which was the wrong thing to do. To be fair, I was 19. Yes. I'm sorry. I I mean, I apologize, sort of, but 19 isn't an adult. Mm -hmm. Like, I I know legally, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I just didn't have the, um, I'm not wherewithal, but, like, the the maturity and and the, I guess the insight at that age, there was no way I could mm-hmm. have. And and I'm not knocking 19 year olds. I, you know, it, this is more of like something I hope people carry like into adulthood. If they're kicking themselves for something they did when they're 17, cause like, dude, you were 17. You know, you're going to yeah. do yeah. stupid stuff. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so I did stupid stuff, right? I went to her once and I said, okay, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, and then I tried again. I found a guy I kind of liked. This was a couple of years later. I kind of liked, and then he ended up moving away. And after um, a, a few months, and he said, here, go with my partner. And, and she and I did not click at all. I went once and I said, okay, well, I'm just going to give this up for a while. Because it was very mm-hmm. easy to just give it up. Yeah. It wasn't until I was taking um, college courses and I was taking psychology courses and I liked it so much. I liked the professor so much and the classes so much. I was taking classes that didn't even count towards my major. I was just taking mm-hmm. them to take them. Yeah. And yeah. Finally, at the end of one of the classes, I was like, "Hey, do you take private clients?" And he and he said yes. So yeah. he was the one who finally I could kind of open up to, and um, he was the one. I mean, and, and the he kind of it's hard to and again, right? A lot of this stuff is like hard to say because these are thoughts, yeah. right? Yeah. But and like vibes, for lack of a better term. But like he got it, and like he knew I was interested in certain things. And he's the one who showed me like the Myers-Briggs test, mm-hmm. which was okay. like fascinating. Right. And I think mm-hmm. I talked about that a little bit in the book. Yeah. I, I highly recommend that anybody take that. It's, yeah. it, you know, you can gain a lot of insight from that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. finally, you know, my point is he was my fourth one. So, wow. you know, if, if, um, 
if it doesn't work the first or second time, that's normal. Yeah. Right. A lot yeah. of people, it, it took them six or seven tries. Yeah. 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 And so what was it about the first few that you felt like, what was it that wasn't working? Was it just that general feeling? Like you said, like those vibes, or was there something specific that you, like you could put your finger on like, Oh, that's exactly what it was. that wasn't working. I can tell you. So, so the third one, she was, she was like straight out of a textbook. It was like, there was no humanness to it. And Mm -hmm. I'm a very informal person Mm -hmm. and she was very formal suit. Um, the, just she, I'm not, I'm not knocking youth again, but she was just out of school too. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and she was just trying to do everything by the book. Yeah. Right. So, and I'm not saying that you can't be a young, great mm-hmm. therapist, but it was just, yeah. it just wasn't aligning. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because we often like, we'll say like, what does that even mean when you're talking about vibes or feelings or, yeah. or knowing? And we, we knock that and we say like, well, that doesn't like, that's not, a, that's not factual. Like that doesn't mean anything to me to, to say that, but in therapy, that's often the most important part yeah. is are those feelings, are those vibes yeah. and that general approach, right? Like it's so key to whether you establish that relationship or not. And yeah. I don't know if you have anything else that you want to say on that. Yeah. But, like for yeah. me as a therapist in my practice, I always have that conversation in the first session with my clients. And I say, listen, like I'm a very like laid back, you know, like, let's put our feet up. Let's just have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not going to talk about uh, Mm -hmm. theories or approaches or anything like that. Let's have a relationship. Let's talk about where you're at today. I'm not Mm going to have like a predetermined schedule of, of these steps that you need to move through. Um, and you know, like there are therapists out there that do that, which is good, great for them. But for me, um, in my approach, it's very important that people see me as a human being Mm -hmm. and that I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm here to walk along with you. Right. And, And to get you where you need to be. And, um, but yeah, it is important. I think when people are seeking support that they, they um, look at that as part of the equation of, is this right fit for me? Exactly. Right? Cause yeah, there are people absolutely. that do appreciate the very structured approach and then people yeah. that need a just laid back conversation. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Plays a huge role. Um, okay. So in your, your book is full, full and full and full and full of strategies and tips and, um, and there's so much good information in there. And what I love about it, which everybody listening knows about me, is that it's simple and it's straightforward. So the book is amazing. And um, I wanted you to kind of think about and give us maybe what you think are like the maybe like the top three or what the really like three strategies are that you just thought were like what got you where you needed to be. Okay, well. That's tough because like I say in the book, right, there's no silver bullet. So just like, I don't think there's, there's one thing that's going to get anyone there. Yes. I Mm -hmm. honestly don't think it can be just the three. Okay. Um, So I'll give a few that absolutely help, but I don't think even three can get you like all the way there. So to speak. Yeah. 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 Stepping Uh, stones. Let's just say stepping stones. mm -hmm. So yeah. So great stepping stones. So, um, while, while we're on this topic, I have like a, I think the second chapter is like about mindset. And I feel like that's really important for people to read, but that's also kind of hard to, to talk about because it's, it's more, um, it's not as tangible. So if yeah, anybody right. wants that chapter, shoot me an email and I'll send that to them. Okay. Um, okay. Great. So Thank they you. can just check that out. So okay. that's good. That's out of the way. Now, as far yeah. as tangible things, yes. um, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a personal trainer and I, I, I think the, um, getting your, your body in order is really important Mm -hmm. um on more than one level and i just have a brief story i know i talk a lot sorry guys no no no. that's what podcast is all about we love it (laughs) yes yes (laughs) so um so yeah a few months after you know my friend was killed uh so i'll give you uh uh, some stats right now i'm I'm five nine and 170 pounds which is like Mm -hmm. nothing to mention whatever Then I was five, nine and 124 pounds. Wow. Yeah. So almost a 50 pound difference. Right. Yeah. And I'm not a heavy person, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Um, so if, if I got sick, so my, my primary care doctor, she's, she would say, she's like, you know, if I get a little too light, she's like, if you get sick, there's nowhere for you to go. Yeah. So yeah. So there was nowhere for me to go. Right. So yeah. that was, that was a little, um, a little scary almost. Yeah. Uh, and because 
I felt like it was out of my control. Yeah. And okay. also I thought I was doing the best things. This is pre like, like internet explosion, I would say, although we have yeah. a different problem now because I, I feel like it's info obesity. There's too much information. There's so much bad information. Yeah. But at that time, everything you yeah. saw in nutrition was about losing weight because that's the more common thing, right? Right. Yeah. People who need to lose weight. Now I'm getting to your point. So hang with me here. We're rounding third. We're rounding. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Oh, we're good. Sorry. That's a baseball reference. That's an American sport. So, okay. So, um, so I'm coming to a Canadian audience. All right. So let's do hockey. <laughs> I, I don't know any hockey terms. Um, we're, we're, we're at the crease, right? That's a thing. A crease. It's like the line in front sure. of a, yeah. I got in trouble once for hitting the ball, like in the crease. I didn't know why I got in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Like, You're in the crease. I was like, what the, what's a crease? <laughs> anyway. What does that mean? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So 124 uh, pounds. Right. So yeah, I was 124 yeah. pounds. So, um, I, I was lucky enough to play in bands with, at, at that point, I just joined another band where the guys were like really into fitness. So I, I was like, yeah, I'll start working out because I, I had only worked out like as a, a byproduct of karate. Mm, uh, okay. So then I was like, okay, yeah, I'll get into like fitness for the fun of it. Right. And when I could physically see myself gaining the muscle and I could physically see the number on the scale going up and I could physically carry weight, I could see the number would say, you know, 25. Then I could see it said 30 when I couldn't do the 30 before. Yeah. That was a real powerful moment because something clicked. I was like, I have control over this. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. So yeah. that, that, so for that's one of the big reasons I, I bring fitness into this is because you can see it happen. And I, I don't want people to get married to weight because uh, like the scale is a measure of weight, right? It's not a measure of health. So I don't want people to get met, married to that, yeah. but seeing progress is another thing. So that was, that was really nice. Mm, yeah. So fitness is, you know, that's just close to my heart too. And yeah. I, I just yeah. love it. Um, and of course getting, you know, We'll, we'll maybe put them together, the nutrition too, because um, you actually create more serotonin in your gut than you do in your brain. Mm. So a lot of people are actually giving um, probiotics to get yeah. your gut sorted out, yeah. to try to sort out these like chemical issues, right? Yeah. I don't think that's a silver bullet. I, I, I always say that because it is really important. Like you're not just going to go take a probiotic and then feel great, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's part of it, right? Yeah. Just yep. like diet is part of it. Getting you know, I highly recommend anybody gets an allergy test or see what doesn't work. I pointed to my back because, you know, they stick all yeah. the needles yes. in your yeah. back. It's yeah. not as bad as it sounds. Yeah. Um, but they can see like what your, in, what's, uh, where your intolerances are and your allergies are. Yeah. Um, if I have a glass of milk, it's not going to end well. So yeah. now I know that, right? So <laughs> now I can go do, I'll eat other things. And it, this is all going to add up, right? All yeah, these right. things. Yeah. Um, I, I, this sounds a little weird, and I don't know if I wrote this. I may have written this in the book. Um, I think practicing forgiveness is super important. And, of course, you know, there's, there's the old cliche, you know, make sure you forgive yourself. And, yeah, of course, I absolutely believe that. But specific to people with depression, you tend to be extra hard on other people who are giving you crappy advice. Mm -hmm. um, they don't know, and they can't know. They right. don't know what you're going through. And I do talk mm -hmm. about this in the book when I say, yeah. um, when people would say to me, it could be worse. Mm -hmm. That was the worst thing people could say to me. It's like, yeah. it can be worse than this. You're saying yeah. that this is, this is as good as it can get. That's how yeah. I took it. When yeah. really they were trying to say practice gratitude or maybe something like that. Right. I think yeah. that's what they were trying to get at. Mm -hmm. What I would much rather people say is it can be better. You're yeah. not stuck here. Right. It can be better, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what I would much rather. So practice that forgiveness with other people. Mm -hmm. Um because they can't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I can I give another one? Yes. Yes. Please. <laughs> please do. <laughs> We're not keeping well, count. Yeah. Exactly. I, I got a book full of these guys. Yeah. Right? Exactly. We could be here all night, right? <laughs> um, I'll say. Oh man, I got to pick a good one now. I know. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spin it around. Did one resonate with you? Um. I just, I, I liked the, um, like the practical ones, like the ones that you're talking about are so good. Mm -hmm. Um, like how you like, yeah, like, cause I think people need tangible, people need things that they can say, like, 
like, yes, like this is, um, this is what something that I can do every day. That's going to help me get where I need to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And I like that you say that there is no silver bullet. And I do think that that is, um, like a, uh, something that's tangible in a way yeah. right? for people to understand that, you know, even if you are on medication, that's not the only solution, right? Yeah, There's so many absolutely. other things that absolutely. need to happen. Right. And, and, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want oh. to come off of that. Yeah. Um, so I have a friend who's, who deals with not so much depression, but with very intense anxiety. Right. Yeah. And what he did mm. was he went finally to the medication and he's better. However, yeah he still calls me all the time with all these still has panic attacks, still has anxiety issues. And I I always say to him, dude, you have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this is just, see, when I did the medication, that was the, that was the very last thing I did. Yeah. Um, And um, I'm glad that it was the way that that happened because I knew that I had exhausted a decade of trying other things. Yeah, and right. I found out what worked and what didn't. Yeah. And I could have kept going without the medication. I would have been okay. Yeah. yeah. But because it was that last little bit, you know, yeah. Um, you know, that, that felt like it really rounded things out. But I the important thing, what I'm saying is I, I did the work, right? Yeah. 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 Um so that that's important to note too. I don't know what we were talking about, but it's all, <laughs> it's all important note, right? <laughs> no, it is absolutely. And I think like what you what you both are saying is that it's it's a culmination yes. of many things yeah. that leads you yeah. to this path of of progress, like you were saying, right? Yeah. Like it's right. it's and it's stepping stones to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small stepping stones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I remember this too, thinking like, well, I worked out. Why don't I feel great? Yeah. Mm. Or you know, I ate this salad. <laughs> All right. What's going on here? Um, but it's, it's those micro goals. It's yeah, those small yeah. stepping stones, yeah. right. And it's those mm. small victories that you can add up. And yeah. what I do still is I'll have a, a, a sheet of things that I do every day. Right. So yeah. I, I kind of look at it like a pilot, right? So I'm a, I'm more of like a, in case you can't tell, I'm a little all over the place and like, kind of like an emotional dude. Yeah. But like pilots are very like, if they run into trouble, they're not like, Oh, you know, what do we do now? What do we do now? They have a checklist that they run through. Right. So I have essentially my daily checklist that I run through and it's, it's individualized to me. I mean, I have some of my supplements and stuff and it just feels, and I know I'm going to take them, but it feels good to like cross them off. I do stuff on paper. I just like to work on paper. Yeah, of course. Um, But, uh, and you know, like work out, whatever. Right. Yeah. So even just creating a checklist stuff that works for you. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's really nice. And I told him, I was like, dude, create a checklist. What are the things that you want to do? Even if it's something silly, like I have people, a lot of people, including myself have (laughs) trainer stuff, anterior pelvic tilt. Right. So like your, it's your pelvis is tilted a little bit because you have tight things uh, from working out and stuff. So even just getting those stretches in great, cross it off. What's the next thing we can do? Right. It kind of focuses your mind. Yeah. yeah. So and I, it gives I, you, and it gives you that sense of accomplishment yes. too, right? Yes. The, the, yes. The you're talking and about momentum and yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And I always yeah. recommend doing it on paper. I don't know if that's just like a me thing, but I, I just love the, the physical, bringing it into the physical world, you know, as opposed yeah. to, yeah, in a little box where everything else yeah. in the world exists, right? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have the same effect. I always no. tell my clients, I'm like, I need you to write, like, yeah. with your hand, with paper and a pen, right? Well, and it's it's such an intentional activity, yeah, right? Because you have you have to be paying attention, you have to be intentional about what you're doing, and it's 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 actively happening in front of you yeah. as you're writing it yeah. down, right? Which is a totally different experience than just thinking it in your brain and then it leaves, right? Yeah. This or is typing like, it like on yourself, yeah, phone, right? exactly. You get easily distracted. That's right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. There's yeah, something, absolutely. yeah, there's something to be said for having a pen in your hand and a paper in front of yes. you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Maybe, maybe that's just because we're all a little bit old school. Yeah. But <laughs> showing our age, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, <laughs> right now there's an 80 year old rolling their eyes at you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, if that 80 year old is listening to podcasts, I'm impressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right on. yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, okay. So this speaks to mindset, which he, he kind of talked about a little bit. Again, he said, he's like, if you want the mindset chapter, I'll send it to you. So we can this talk about question, it too. Whatever. Yeah. You, whatever. Yeah. Cause this next question is, was in your mindset. Chapter, oh, was it? I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. So then this next piece is it's um, uh, you've referenced it as a native American parable um, in your book. And um, in Canada, I think we would refer to it as an indigenous teaching perhaps is the right language around it. Um, so we, so I'll, I'm, I'm going to recite it and then we have some follow-up questions for you on, yeah. on the quote. So the quote reads, an old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope. Hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. So our question that we wanted to follow up with you on with this quote was, what does this teaching mean to you? It's so good, isn't it? It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> oh man. I have my next tattoo planned out, right? Yeah, <laughs> truly, truly. Right. Like it's, it's a powerful so statement. Good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. 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 Um, and that can be tough. Um, when, especially, uh, in the, in the deeper states of depression, right. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like our, brain is running our mind mm-hmm. right really we i feel anyway it's the other way around it, the brain is the organ that we use that our mind uses yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah so and i don't know if, if this is fact or if it's theory but right so i guess it's just theory because how yeah. can you know yeah. so that we're geared towards negativity because Mm-hmm. back when we were cavemen, you know, it was more advantageous to dodge the saber-toothed tiger than to go yeah. after the food because the food can wait. The saber-toothed tiger can't, right? That's so right. So yeah. that's the theory, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, my, my point is that we're, we're almost experts at, at creating the negative path in our mind, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person t- didn't text me back because they're mad at me. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this, this meal is going to be terrible because X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. So we're almost mm-hmm. masters at that, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. it's like judging what other people are thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And that can spiral out of control really easily with yeah. Yeah. Um, people with depression. So, you know, but let's just say I'm feeding the courage wolf. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And I'm thinking about somebody who didn't text me back. Oh, mm-hmm. well, maybe they're not okay. Maybe they're just forgetful. Maybe I should be more forgiving. Maybe, yeah. you know, those can all line up. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, you know, you call them up and they're like, oh, hey, dude, I was just going to call you. I was just on the phone with my mom. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah. it's real easy to let that spiral out of control. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's a maybe a silly example, but, but, um, it's almost like a practice, right? You have to practice feeding that courage wolf. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that example because I think like that's such a real, like people truly struggle with that stuff. And I think that goes back to, you know, we talk a lot about people are probably sick about hearing about it, but we talk a lot about social media, right? And Mm. I think like, you know, that, uh, that teaching really speaks to me in terms of, you know, what we see in the palm of our hands every day. Um, because, you know, it's easy for us to develop this sort of self-hate and comparison way of thinking Mm -hmm. and to really feed that wolf and, and to really think, well, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I I'm not doing nearly as much as they are. Um, I wish I could, I don't have the, the resources or I don't have the ability. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I think like that teaching was so important because at the end of the day, we are in control to a certain degree of where our thoughts go. Yeah. Right. And we are able to say, okay, you know what? I am going to force myself to think about this in a positive way. And I'm going to force myself to, to feed the positive wolf. Right. And, um, but it takes a lot of effort. And like we've said before is that, yeah, human beings naturally do think negatively and, um, and it takes work to be happy. It takes work. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put the work in, right? Yeah. Now, do you think, do you think from your experience, do you think meditation helps in this? Uh, first, well, I think, okay. So meditation and mindfulness are two different things to me. I think, uh, mindfulness is huge in terms of keeping people present and keeping people in check. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do think that meditation is useful in terms of reflecting and also setting intentions for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do think that they can be used, um, for certain people. I don't think it's for everyone. Um, but I do think that it it should have more of a presence in today's society, Mm -hmm. especially with all of the information that we consume on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I think it would help to weed through, you know, all the noise or all the the stuff that we don't really need to carry or need to feed into, right. And create Mm -hmm. these stories about for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I would say that that's one of our biggest challenges of like, um, modern times, I guess. Yeah. is just this figuring out what to focus on, what not to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so much and get sucked under so quickly, just <sighs> scrolling through your phone and just get sucked in seeing yeah. everybody having a good time showing off their new clothes or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> seeing the tips of the iceberg and not seeing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a complex landscape. Let's call yeah. it that. Oh, yeah, yeah it for is. sure. Yeah. And I think that first step is just having that awareness, mm-hmm. you know, like yes. for so many of us that we get so ingrained in that practice that we don't even realize that that's happening to us. Yeah. That we are being overwhelmed by information or yeah. that it is flooding your phone. You don't realize it until you step away and you look back and then you think, okay, like I need to evaluate my life. And I need to see what's going on. And mm-hmm. that's like usually one of the biggest culprits, yeah. right? Is that sense of that of information overload that's happening right in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Or if you turn on the TV too, right? Yeah. Like we were right. chatting before we started recording about watching the media, watching the news yeah. and what an impact that has on, on our thoughts. Right? Yeah. So totally. yeah. 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 I have a, um, my professor, my screenwriting professor, uh, she had this fantastic practice, which I haven't done, but I would love to do it. She called it a digital Sabbath where every Sunday she would turn off her cell phone and didn't go on a computer at all. And she would just spend the day with her kids or doing whatever. Yeah. And nothing. Yeah. It's like, man, how, like, that sounds like a vacation. Right. (laughs) I know it does. And for me, like, that's one of my first, like one of the first triggers I pull with my clients, you know, uh, when they come in and they say like, I'm really struggling and, you know, um, you know, maybe having symptoms of what might be characterized as depression or anxiety or whatever. I'm like, okay, so where are you at with social media? Well, I'm on, you know, all the major platforms. I'm like, okay, let's shut that down for a couple of weeks and then come back and check in with me. Right. Mm-hmm. And they come back in and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> like my life has changed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm spending time with my kids. I'm, I have a relationship with my husband and, you know, like I've noticed how much it really holds me back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, it's a big commitment. It's a big commitment it to is. let it go. Yeah. Right. It's so hard for people to do that. So there's it so really much pressure associated with it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, and we've chatted about this on other episodes too, but it's that it's finding that balance yes. too. Right. Yeah. Of like, maybe it's not always realistic to completely eliminate right. it out yeah. of your life. Yeah. So how do you find that nice balance where it is, you know, you're, you're able to consume that information or, or use those um, technologies in a healthy way. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. so hard to, to find that, that balance. Yeah. Right? Totally. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So switching gears a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to switch gears a little bit from the teaching, which is amazing. We love it. Um, so based on your experience with depression, um, and maybe what you've learned in the schooling that you have done, would you, and you've kind of touched on it a little bit in the book and then, um, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. Do you think that depression can be beat or cured? I don't want to say cured. Okay. It can be beat okay. uh, because if I stopped doing all of the work, yeah. I could see myself getting sucked back in. Okay. Mm. Uh, but I've conditioned myself at this point, you know, where it's, it's like second nature yeah. to keep up all these healthy habits. Yeah. Um, so, and I, so I hesitate to say cured, right? Um, yeah. And, and I would certainly feel it if I came off of the medication you know, yeah. I would be fine during the day and it was always, it's funny, right? It was like, I'd be fine during the day and then eight o'clock at night, it seemed like it always set in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like it would make, it would make things like really difficult. I don't know if it was a testosterone drop or it, what's going on, but it felt yeah. like a chemical thing. It didn't, it, it wasn't like, um, 
um, something that like would happen. It was just something internally. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't want to say cured, but it, it can be, it can be, be for sure. Absolutely. I mean, geez. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. And I think that that's important because I think that, um, you know, people that are struggling and they, they feel like, you know, this will never end. Right. And, you know, like, can I ever live a life without feeling this way? And yeah. I think it is important that we do talk about that. You can get to a place in your life where you do have these practices in place and it does become second nature and you won't even notice that, you know, it's a part of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's always my goal too, for, for clients is, you know, I want you to have strategies that will feel natural to you and you feel like oh, they can fit into you. your life. Right. And what's going to work for you isn't what's going to work for everyone else. So exactly. Like, yeah. Like I, I had that, I had like a very small chapter on clothes in there. Right. Where yeah. I like, <laughs> but what I was trying to get at was you, you can't, you can only fake it so much. Right. <laughs> so I was driving to this interview in a suit and I was absolutely miserable because that was my idea of success. Yeah. Right. right. Because that was what I saw other people doing. Yeah. You can't force me into a corporate job until, because it, it, it wouldn't work. I would be like, prison for me. I'm an ENFP. We talk about Myers-Briggs, right? Yeah. So like a corporate job. That's not going to work for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's okay. So yeah. like, it, let's just say you're trying to get out of this and you're going for, you know, success. Maybe someone, everyone else's vision that you're hearing about, mm-hmm. you know, that's not success for you. Yeah. That's totally cool. You know, yeah. you go yeah. for your own success. Yeah. 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 yeah and, it's, and I think again, going back to, you know, beating a dead horse a little bit, but going back to the social media is that people do feel the pressure that they have to be the same, right. That they yes. have to, to feel the same, to go through, to walk the same path and all of that. And um, I love in your book that you give lots of different strategies that people can really like pick and choose and say, okay, I'm going to give this one a try and see if it fits. Right. And if it doesn't fit, okay, then I'll move to the next one. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's important for people to understand that that's part of the process is really figuring out what fits naturally in your life at that time, right? And that it can be flexible. Yeah, and it's going to change. Yeah, that's right. And it's going to change, right? Like you're, depending on what's happening in your life, like it might work this week and then maybe, you know, three weeks down the line or, you know, six months down the line is not working. Okay, well then you need to to switch it up, right? And try something different. Absolutely, but the important thing is that you're doing the work and that already is a win. Yeah. That's a win in itself. Totally, Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So can you just give us then a sense of like, given your, your experience of, of living with depression, um, and kind of your, you know, your, your passion of doing the personal training and the the nutrition, um, focus, what do you think is the, like the connection between all of those pieces? Cause we know that there is a connection and that they are closely linked that they all, you know, should be, uh, if one's not good, then the other one's not good. And there's, there's this sort of, um, unique connection between the three elements. So what, what is your perspective on that now, now understanding, you know, what you've, what you've lived through and the changes that you've made in your life? Um, how do you explain that connection? Okay. So your brain is part of your body, of course. Right. Yes. And this is going to sound crazy. And I don't know if you've heard of this one, but some people think that attribute some bouts of depression to dehydration. I don't know if you've heard that one. Mm, no, no, I haven't heard that no. one. That's like been a thing, or maybe just in my circles where there's like a lot of dehydration going on. I don't know why people aren't drinking <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> they're saying it's really affecting people's moods. Fine. I think that's part of it. It's not all of it. Yeah. Um, so, um, oh, I had another brain thing that was really good. It was going to be so profound. It was going to knock your, <laughs> everyone's socks off and I can't think of it right now. You know oh, what? Of course. You know what? You can you can think about it. And you can email it. Yeah, exactly. and then we can just yeah. tell people. Yeah, that you came up with this really brilliant idea. <laughs> but you know, of course, you know, you're, like I said, your your brain is part of your body. And mm-hmm. one thing that I, well, getting back to the hydration thing because it's simple. The mm-hmm. first thing I do now every morning is I drink uh, a big, a tall glass of water, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I notice it, like I feel right. it, right? And it's before yeah. I turn my phone on and. I do, I do feel it physically. It's subtle, but I do feel it. Cause I remember the first time I did it, I was like, Oh, I feel like my thing's filling up. <laughs> right? <Like> my <laughs> eyes were like, <laughs> I don't want to be like yeah. gross about it, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, <clears throat> but, um, it's also just that intention, right? You know, you're, you're setting mm-hmm. your day off on that, in that positive way. Mm-hmm, right? yeah. So I have this little morning routine where it's, it's the, it's the 
tall glass of water and then I'll, I'll pour a second one. Maybe I'll drink a second one. I don't know, but I'll have breakfast. I'll have my supplements. And I always eat like the same breakfast. That's really healthy for my body. And yeah. then I'll, I'll do like these few other things, right? Right away. That's my win. I'm starting off my day in a, right. in a um, in a positive way, but those are all just physical things, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, it all, it, so it all links together because yeah, it's, it's helping my physical body, but it's mm-hmm. also the mindset of putting the work into my physical body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it all feeds on itself. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's a great example of, of um, illustrating how that connection can be there between what you're doing in a physical sense and, you know, um, what you're consuming and then um, how that's affecting your general mental health state for the day. Like you, like you've said, you've, you've set your day now, mm-hmm. right. Cause you yeah. have that practice and that routine. So yeah. that's a great example of that. Yeah. So we made it to the last question and we're going to challenge you a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you might think like, oh, whatever. Easy. <laughs> That's fine. Um, okay. So what we're wondering about is we've actually had this question um, submitted as a topic for a podcast from one of our listeners. And we thought that you'd be a good person to ask about it. Oh, really? um, yeah. So the, the question was around how do we um, get someone that we love or that we care about um, to start to make changes in their life when we notice that they're struggling? And more specifically for men, um, how do we get a man to, um, you know, make the change or to see that maybe, maybe if he doesn't have the awareness that he's struggling um, or if somebody you see is struggling, how do you intervene that should you what would your thoughts be on that given what you've gone through what did you need to hear what would you wanted to hear so i i hate speaking in um abs- i'm not going to speak in absolutes but in general yes men tend to not be as uh eager to reach out for help from other people i'll just mm-hmm. say that in general yeah. Yep. Okay. And I certainly fell into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, this, you know, it, this would all, there, there, um, the circumstances, you know, whether they live with this person or what their relationship is to this person, this could all, this all matters in my answer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. these, yeah, these yeah, are my, sure. my caveats. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what I wanted to hear at the time, um, Honestly, I don't know if there was a right answer. If somebody could have said something to me, um, I'm trying to think because I, I remember like my mom asking me to go to therapy, and I was I was like, no, like I don't want to talk about this. I'm I, I don't want to talk about this horrible thing I've been through. You know, I, I don't. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. right? And and you know, part of it, I was 18, I was rebelling. You know, so it's a complex thing, right? Yeah. If it's it is a really good question mm-hmm. and, and and oh man <laughs> I, i'm 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 biting my tongue right now okay yeah so just say don't, it don't bite your just tongue we want you to yeah, say we it. want you to say what you want what you need to say because i think it's it's a real question and it's mm-hmm. a reality right mm-hmm. is that this is a hard thing for people to navigate mm-hmm. right yeah I, I i don't want it to seem like um Okay. So this is just from my background, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to get them outdoors mm-hmm. and you want to get them moving. And I, I'll say this, I'm in the Northeast and we, I forget what the percentage is, but it's a massive percentage of people are actually uh, extremely low on vitamin D because mm-hmm. we're not outdoors enough. And because we just don't get enough sunlight, right? Mm-hmm. Where I actually was so low on vitamin D that I was getting like little micro fractures in my neck and they put me on, and I was taking a multivitamin every day. So people who say multivitamins are worthless. No, 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 no. Cause imagine if I wasn't taking that multivitamin. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I had to actually go on prescription vitamin D and they were like, dude, you got to spend more time outdoors. Right. Mm -hmm. So get them in nature. um, And, and this is what I I was hesitating towards is um, get them into a yoga practice. And I Mm -hmm. know I, I, it sounds a certain way and I, I know, I know it's kind of loaded. Um, but I feel that 
with yoga, you're getting the socialization, mm-hmm. you're moving your body, mm-hmm. you're learning new things. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting the, you know, the meditation, there's, there's, it's such a multifaceted thing. Mm-hmm. And if you can approach a man with, Hey, uh, sorry, I got a quick side story here, but this is worth it. Okay. Yeah. So hold your breath. Yeah. So <laughs> the first, uh, yoga class I took, mm-hmm. I was, uh, in grad school and it was free. It was the only reason I was taking it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so there were all these dudes out in the like main area on the weight machines, like lifting free weights. Mm -hmm. And then I was in this other area with this uh, girl just fresh out of high school. Mm -hmm. And we were waiting around just talking before a yoga class. And she said, you see all these dudes out there moving all these weights around. She's like, they have no idea what fitness is. Mm. And boy, was she right. I had never been so sore in my life (laughs) (laughs) because you're using your body in a different way. So, so I hesitate because Another reason I hesitate is because I hate that generalization of men are into sports, Mm -hmm. whatever, and they're into working out either way, right? Mm -hmm. If you, if you can somehow get them into a yoga practice, so get them to come with you, say, Hey, I want to try this. Would you mind coming with me? I'm shy, make up something, whatever. If you can get them doing it and if they can realize the benefits of like, um, injury prevention and durability, Mm um, and isometric uh, movements. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of a <laughs> isometric, you're not moving, but you know what I mean? The isometric yeah, exercises, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, you're going to work your body in really cool ways. It's, it's going to work everything. So I, I right. kind of feel like it's a really good way to start. Yeah. Uh, okay. I know that's kind of a loaded, uh, mm-hmm. not a great answer, but that's, that's what I would no, and, no I, and that's I, fantastic. Yeah. And I think yeah. what stands out to me and what is super important for people to hear is that it's not really about what you say, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like there's nothing you can say that's going to Great give point. somebody like, oh, like, uh, okay, now, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. now I got it. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's more yeah. about what you do. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about your answer is that it is about what you do. How can you walk alongside that person mm-hmm. and just let them know that you're there. Right. And I think that that's, you know, that's a really good way to get somebody on board towards, okay, you know what? I, I can do something. I can make a change. Right. I and can look after myself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what it's about. Is yeah. that it's not about what you say. And I think that's a big misconception is that people are always wondering, what do I say? Like, yeah. how do I say it? How do I have this conversation? Right. Yeah. And really at the end of the day, there's nothing you can say. Yeah. The person has to be ready. That's right. right? Yeah. They have to be ready. Yeah. Right? yeah. And again, at the risk of like getting in trouble, cause I, I just hate, you know, like making these generalizations, but you know, yeah men like to do things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. You know, like most of my socialization is done at band practice because we're doing something else. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not like I have, you know, it's not like we're just sitting around talking with each other. It's like, yeah, we're talking as we're doing this other thing, right. right? Or we're going fishing, we're going snowboarding or whatever. That's right. Know. And again, just generalization. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, so, and I think that's a that's a very valid point. Yeah. And, um I think and I think in a way it can it can be applied to women as well, yes. right? Like yeah, sure, we're sure. not saying that it's um gender specific. Yeah. But um I think that there's there's a lot of value in that in in saying that um, Jenna, how you've, how you've, uh, phrased it is walking alongside with that yeah. person. So the example that you gave Zach mm. is so fantastic because it, like you said, like convince a person to say, Oh, well, I just want you to come and yoga with me because I'm shy. Yeah. Right. Like whatever it is to get that person sort of there with yeah. you in that journey, I think is, is fantastic. That's great advice yeah. to frame it that way. It's yeah. really, really good. Oh, good. I feel better about it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Jenna did her job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of part of the gig, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can, yeah. they can send me hate mail too, but it was a genuine answer. We'll so. pass on your email address, yeah, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that, funny. That was, that was fantastic, Zach. Yeah. And, and thank you so much for being open and yes. honest. Yes. I mean, that's, and that's our aim, right? And this podcast is to have these open and real conversations yeah. about, about, what people are struggling with. Yeah. And, um, you've, I mean, yeah, you've captured it perfectly. Yeah. It's so fantastic to have your perspective from what you've been living through and the things that have worked for you and the things that haven't worked for you, I think is really valuable. So, so thank you so much. So much. No, thank you guys for having me. Like, it's like a 
total honor, really. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh, so please go and uh, download his book or purchase yes. his book, um, The Depression Relief Playbook. It's amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love. And um, I think if you're after the the simple, effective strategies, you've captured that. So mm-hmm. good on you. And thank you oh, for thank you. putting the work into that and sharing that with the world. I think it's, it's going to help a lot of people. So thank yeah. you. I hope so. As always, we would like to close this episode with a quote chosen by Zach. It comes from Jim Rohn. If you wish to be healthy, study health. If you wish to be wealthy, study wealth. If you wish to be happy, study happiness.